Here we are, gathered together full of expectation and excitement. We fill this space, not only with our presence, but with our collective hopes and dreams. Today, this church's sanctuary, adorned with lights and decorations, today, this place becomes a waiting room. For we are huddled together, watching the clock, nervously anticipating the news of a baby being born. Some of us are here for the first time, and again, we welcome you. Others of us have been here before. It's, it's kind of odd, really, if you stop and think about it. For many of us, we haven't been here since a year ago to this very day. Well, maybe we popped in on a Sunday on Easter. But here we are. And it's the same announcement. It's the same baby being delivered. The name he has given hasn't changed. The details of his birth remain the same. And yet here we are waiting. Why do we keep reliving the same event every Christmas? What exactly are we waiting for? Now, if I were to stop, and I imagine if I were to stop and ask the children here today what they're waiting for, the chances are that they would speak excitedly of Santa Claus, of stockings they hope filled to the brim, of waking up in the morning to brightly wrapped gifts left under the Christmas tree. Can I get an amen from the kids? Okay, you're not wishing for that. Parents, you're off the hook. It's all good. Santa Claus doesn't have to come. It's okay. Now, that's the kids, but maybe some of us are here waiting to celebrate our first Christmas as a couple or to enjoy our first Christmas in our new home. A few of us, I'd imagine, are waiting for a loved one to be out of the hospital or to come home from the airport. Life for you won't be complete until you're all together safely under one roof. Or maybe you're here tonight as a parent whose children are finally old enough to understand and appreciate this holiday. You're sitting here anticipating seeing the faces of your children as they experience their first Christmas, as they finally get it for the first time. And I can see, no disrespect intended, that there are several grandparents among us too. And no doubt you're waiting for, you're looking forward to waking up in the morning to a house in which all the beds are occupied, in which all the seats around your table are filled with children and grandchildren who have come home for Christmas. We're all waiting for something this Christmas. The question is, are we aware that someone is waiting for us? That's the announcement that we heard from the angel at the start of this service. That's the message that we shared through those beloved carols that we sang only moments ago. Unto us a child is born. Not just to some shepherds watching their flocks over in fields by night. Unto us. Not joy to them. Joy to the world. Someone is waiting for us. And yet, unlike those shepherds, we are not terrified by this news. We are prepared for it. We have come into this space. We have entered into this time because of this word. We hear the declaration of the angels and we are not afraid. We are perhaps strangely warmed. And I say strangely warmed 
Because many of us receive this story as nothing more than a fairy tale or a myth. It's the nostalgia, really. It's the warm fuzzies, the happily ever after that Christmas brings that gets us. I mean, we don't actually believe that angels exist. We don't actually consider that this is relevant news for our lives. I mean, it's the spirit of Christmas, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's the spirit of Christmas. It's about that feeling. It's about getting in touch with our inner child again, not encountering a real baby. Now, maybe you're not strangely warmed by this news because some of us maybe have a different reaction. Some of us, perhaps, the reaction we have is to, on the inside, of course, roll our eyes. Because for many of us, we, we, with, it's with great skepticism that we listen to this story that begins in Bethlehem. I mean, come on. We've heard it all before, haven't we? The sales pitch, you know, where God is described like some kind of cosmic Santa Claus. He's making a list and he's checking it twice. And the fact is, we've all been naughty and not nice. We all deserve a lump of coal. Is this starting to sound familiar? But Jesus comes and has a wonderful plan for our lives. There's a ticket to heaven in that there manger. If we just pray the prayer and say his name. The free gift of salvation. Oh, we've heard it before. Those of us who are skeptical, we've heard about that free gift of salvation. And it sounded so great the first time. The first time we heard it. It sounded, in fact, too good to be true. And for many of us here today... That's exactly what it became. Too good to be true. I mean, we heard that news and we were all excited and we joined the church. And all of a sudden, this precious gift started sounding like a contract filled with all these clauses and conditions. Do you have the right doctrine? Do you have the right interpretation of the Bible? Are you keeping the right company? Are you living the right way? Before you know it, we saw the devil in the details of the plan of salvation. It felt like a bait and switch, really. All of a sudden, it seemed to be more about fear and consequences than faith and freedom and goodwill to men. If this has been your experience, and I know that there's at least one person here who this has been your experience, if this is your version of the Christmas story, the one that you've heard, permit me, allow me, on this holiest of days, to apologize on behalf of the church. We misrepresented the truth to you. We kept telling you it was all about Jesus, even as we added all kinds of other things along with him. We've been insisting, especially around this time of year, that Jesus is the reason for the season, but we've never offered you a proper introduction to him. We made Jesus into an idea rather than a person. We portrayed heaven as a getaway destination rather than as a state of being in the here and now. We turned God for you into another obligation you have to meet, another expectation that you have to live up to, another performance that you have to manage. It was wrong. We were wrong. And that's part of the reason why you'll notice nestled there inside your, nestled inside your bulletin is this invitation to something called the Alpha Course. It's our opportunity as a community here at Grace to provide a space where you can get the straight story, 
the real story, where you can come with your questions, you can come with your skepticism and your doubt, and you can bring those things and find that there's no fine print, find that there's no contract for you to sign. It's a place where you can come and there's a meal provided for you, there's a fellowship of other people who are also in this journey, trying to get to the heart of the story. And I just want to encourage you, if this speaks to you at all, if this is the, the, the story that you've heard before and need it corrected, come. There's no cost starting Wednesday, January 4th for a couple of weeks of your life and hear the details. Come and be a part of the Alpha Course here at Grace. In the meantime, today, let's listen to the real story. Let's hear the angels declare to us, fear not. Let us receive together the good news, the great tidings of comfort and joy as if it was the first time. Can we do that? For unto us a child is born. Instead of a contract, God gives us a baby, a relationship. God gives us himself. No middleman, no messengers. There's only God in the flesh, exposed, vulnerable, reaching out, waiting for us. Christmas is the story of our first best meeting with the God who has desired us from the very beginning of time. This God chooses to love us precisely because we are victims of the human condition, not because we manage a favorable bottom line on some moral profit and loss statement. There are no books being kept. There are no ledgers being tallied. There are no contracts to be signed. It's not about earning our way into salvation or buying our way out of trouble. This God isn't concerned about your status or frankly impressed by your position in life. It's not a question of who's been naughty or nice. It's a matter of being willing to embrace this God who comes into our lives. Mary and Joseph had nothing to commend them. Nothing save their humanity. They were ordinary, everyday people, just like you and me. But they were willing to encounter the God who was waiting for them. And so a peasant teenager and her husband, far from home, did the best they could, giving birth in unsanitary, substandard housing. And as they laid that baby in the manger, they watched his little face. They listened for his breathing, just as every new parent does. But for Joseph and Mary, as they lifted that little babe in their hands, they looked into more than the eyes of their son. They glimpsed into the face of God, the eternal creator of the universe, veiled in human flesh. It wasn't about rules. It was the beginning of a relationship. They didn't earn it. It wasn't life that they created. It was life that they were given. It was more than they ever could have bargained for. Salvation in their arms. Grace incarnate. Tears of joy mixed with tears of laughter. Holy sobriety before the grandest of mysteries as they tried to comprehend, as they pondered in their hearts whom exactly laid cuddling up close in their arms. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. 
And frankly, neither do we. And yet, unto us, a child is born. One who comes not just into our lives, but one who grows and goes out into our world. One who fills his life with so much of the experience of God, who will so completely embody this love that God has for us, that in him, thousands upon thousands of people across the centuries have been moved to make the incredible claim that they have actually met their God in person. They made this claim. We make it still because that is exactly who this child was. It is without question who this Jesus is, the Son of God. Beloved, when we unwrap the gift of Christmas, when we embrace the person of Jesus Christ, we begin to discover just how much God loves us. We find in Jesus that God's love doesn't demand perfection, that forgiveness isn't given away sparingly. It's given away recklessly, indiscriminately, and that unconditional really means unconditional, and that God's love is completely and thoroughly inclusive. We realize that the peace for which we all long cannot be legislated by any government or achieved by the size of any army. Such peace, the peace of the world begins and ends in the breaking and remaking of the human heart. Peace begins with the knowledge that God loves and accepts us just that much. Together we learn that true power, the most powerful powerful force the world has ever known is sacrificial, redemptive love of divinity, clothed in human flesh, wrapped in swaddling clothes, and cradled in a young girl's arms. This is why we sing at Christmas. This is why we sing of the heartfelt joy that comes from Jesus, because in Jesus our sins and sorrows truly cease. Our sins and sorrows cease because his blessings, his presence flow into the deep crevices of our hearts and our lives as far as the curse can still be found. We sing because we find that even the likes of us gathered here tonight fall within the embrace of that love. Christmas is the living promise that we are never, ever alone. No matter how far away we are in life, no matter where we are in life, no matter in what condition we find ourselves, no matter how far we stray, how unfaithful we are, this love, this Jesus comes into our lives. And neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from this love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord. We're waiting today. We've been waiting for the last four weeks. And in our waiting, sometimes we work really hard to make Christmas happen. We shop and spend. We bake and wrap. We send cards and sing carols. We stream lights and fill stockings. We throw parties and hold open houses. We decorate with images of angels and shepherds, with wise men gazing up into a star, all in an attempt to make a connection between heaven and earth. And ironically, this brief season, busy season of four weeks out of 52, also reflects how we try to live out our lives. 
day in and day out, busily stressing, overworked and exhausted, trying so hard, but ultimately unable to achieve divinity with our humanity, unable to climb that stairway to heaven. Because when all is said and done, when the house is decorated, when the cookies are baked, when the presents are wrapped and the stockings are hung by the chimney with care, we still all find ourselves waiting in the dark. Nobody owns Christmas. Not families, not peoples of faith. We don't make Christmas happen. Christmas happens to us. We don't wait to go to heaven. Heaven comes down to us in the darkness as we keep watch over our flocks by night, over our hopes and dreams. There comes a great light, the glory of the Lord. And that baby in the manger is that light, the light of the world, even when our world is in shambles. That child that sleeps in the night is truth and grace. To a world overcome with the darkness of bloodshed, poverty, and illness, Jesus brings us goodness. He brings us goodness and light, a light that will forever shine. He is the light that the darkness cannot overcome. And we who have become blind, we who have become deaf to the sobs and laments around us, hear the sounds of a baby being mourned in the midst of the chaos and noise of our lives. And in that baby's first cry, we hear the establishment of peace and justice. For the first heartbeat that is heard in the straw and the hay of the manger is the beginning of a countdown that begins for the redemption of the universe. The first coming anticipates a second coming. That's why we wait. The first cry of an infant will eventually give way to the last words of a dying man who shouts, it is finished, from a cross. This one who was born in humility, this one who worked in obscurity, this one who died as a criminal and rose from the dead is the down payment on a glory yet to come. Because that voice from the cross will one day be heard from a throne declaring, I have come to make all things new. A new heavens and a new earth waiting for us on the horizon is a greater Christmas, an eternal Christmas, one that we don't have to pack away in boxes until next year. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, this is no fairy tale. This is no myth. This is more than wishful thinking. This is more than a feeling. This is the continuing expectation. This is the eternal hope. This is the living promise for all the world. And that's why we keep reliving the same event every day of our lives, and especially on this day of the year. Because the Christmas story is that heaven came down, that God arrived on our front porch and sought admission into our lives. How far is heaven? It's as near as the breath of a baby in a manger. How real is heaven? Is heaven for real? It's as real as the blood that flows from that same life given on a cross at Calvary. Heaven isn't going somewhere else. Heaven is about God with us. Salvation isn't found in any place. Salvation is found only in God. It's about a relationship, 
not a destination. The one who rules the world with truth and grace comes and waits for us. He comes even if we don't think it makes any sense. Even if we doubt, he comes even if we're too busy, even if we think we aren't ready. He stands at the door of our hearts and knocks, desiring that we make room for him. He waits for us to unwrap the gift of his life, of his life given for ours. He longs to heal the bruised and scarred dreams and hopes that we carry. And though he is no longer a child... He is willing to be born anew in the hearts of those who are willing to seek him. So beloved, as we gather on this Christmas Eve, listen to the angels. Follow the shepherds. Look to the star. Come to the manger. Journey to the cross. Whatever you are waiting for this Christmas, do not forget that Jesus is waiting for you. May God bless each of you and those you love this Christmas Eve. And may the glory of heaven that fills our souls this night be the presence of God made flesh in you. Come to us, Lord Jesus. Come into our lives. Come into our world, we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.